You're listening to the Ordinary Vegan Podcast, where we teach you everything you need to know about adopting a plant-based diet full or part-time. Our goal is to empower you to live a long and healthy life. You can find today's show at ordinaryvegan.net or on iTunes. If you have any questions, please send an email to questions at ordinaryvegan.net. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ordinary Vegan Podcast, number 97, Mushrooms, the Extraordinary Health Benefits, with special guest, mushroom guru, Jeff Chilton. If we haven't met, my name is Nancy Montori, and I advocate a plant-based diet for health and wellness for the planet and for animal welfare. I am honored you are here and hope today's podcast can add to your happiness and longevity. Before we get started with today's podcast, I wanted to share something. I have received a lot of emails and messages about not publishing any podcasts in March and part of April. But unfortunately, we had an unexpected death in my family of my 47-year-old nephew and godson, Rodney. He was one of the kindest, gracious people I have ever known, and his loss was such a blow to our family. Our world orbited around him because he loved his family more than anything. So we all just feel a deep sense of loss and a feeling that nothing will ever be the same without him. At any rate, I had a really hard time picking myself up and going back to life. It feels weird to talk about Rodney on this podcast because there's no way I can honor him in the way that he deserves. But many of you have been listening to my podcast and supporting me since the beginning, and you are like family to me, so I felt that I should share. Thanks for listening. And now let's talk about mushrooms. Recently, I read that one of the hottest wellness trends of 2021 were mushrooms. And I thought, I need to research this. So I went down the mushroom rabbit hole, and trust me, it is a rabbit hole, because there is so much information about mushrooms. And not only the health benefits of mushrooms and scientific studies, but also the history of mushrooms and the importance of fungi in human life overall. If I'm already starting to confuse you, mushrooms are the fruit of some fungi. Fungi is the entire organism and the mushrooms are reproductive structures of fungi. Therefore, all mushrooms are also fungi, but not all fungi produce mushrooms. Hope that makes sense. But that is why we have Jeff here to explain that. Mushrooms also have the power to heal you, kill you, and even take you on a psychedelic journey. Not that I didn't know that, but no worries. The ones you find in the supermarket are the ones that heal you and will cause you no harm. Furthermore, if the hypothesis is true, when our ancestors crossed continents, they ingested different mushrooms or fungi, which led to an increase in the size of their brain as well as cognitive output. There are about 5 million species of mushrooms with more than 10,000 known types, but generally they are distinguished by stem, fleshy rounded cap, and gills underneath the cap. In March 2019, 
Researchers from the National University found that seniors who consume more than two standard portions of mushrooms weekly may have a 50% reduced odds of having mild cognitive impairment. And in another study, researchers studied 663 Chinese men and women over 60. They found that those who consumed one to two portions of mushrooms had a 43% reduced risk for MCI, which is a precursor for Alzheimer's disease. In people who ate more than two portions had a 52% reduced risk. I will put a link to that study in today's podcast notes. The reason for this outcome was not really clear, but mushrooms contain so many various antioxidants that may inhibit the buildup in the brain of amyloid beta, which is a hallmark of Alzheimer's disease. By the way, the researchers used six types of commonly consumed mushrooms. They were golden, oyster, shiitake, and white button mushrooms, as well as dried and canned mushrooms. There are thousands of varieties of mushrooms with different colors, shapes, and sizes, and I will put a list in this week's show notes of the most common mushrooms sold in the United States. At any rate, that's why I needed a mushroom expert. Before I introduce you to Jeff Chilton, I would like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Bragg. I was very excited that Bragg wanted to sponsor this podcast because I have been using their delicious products for years. This year, Bragg expanded upon their apple cider vinegar offerings to introduce brand new prebiotic shots, as well as updates to their ready-to-drink prebiotic refreshers and enhanced apple cider vinegar blends. So now Bragg offers a diverse range of ways to incorporate apple cider vinegar into one's daily routine and reap the benefits that it has to offer. They call it their daily dose of wellness. In these ready-to-drink apple cider vinegar shots, refreshers and blends come in delicious flavors. All of these Bragg products contain a perfectly measured one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, 750 milligrams acetic acid, and a USDA organic and non-GMO. Go to www.bragg.com and use my code vegan15 for 15% off your first order. Thank you, Bragg, for your wonderful products. Now, a little background on Jeff Chilton. Jeff Chilton has been deeply steeped in mushrooms since 1973. In the late 70s, he was founder of Mycomedia, which held four mushroom conferences in the Pacific Northwest. These educational conferences brought together educators and experts in mushroom identification, ethnomycology, and mushroom cultivation. During this period, Jeff co-authored the highly acclaimed book, The Mushroom Cultivator, which was published in 1983. In the 1980s, he operated a mushroom spawn business, and in 1989, he started Namex, a business that introduced medicinal mushrooms to the U.S. nutritional supplement industry. 
Since 1989, Namix has pioneered the development and manufacturing of mushroom extracts for the health and wellness industry. Namex specializes in mushroom products and is the premier supplier of organically certified mushroom extracts. Now, let's welcome Jeff Chilton. Hi, Jeff, and thank you so much for being here to help the ordinary vegan audience be educated on the health benefits of mushrooms. Nancy, it is really great to be here, and thank you so much for inviting me. It used to be that the only time I saw mushrooms were on top of a pizza. But after I became vegan, I discovered mushrooms could replace those uh, meaty and umami flavors of some animal proteins, especially the creminis or the portobello mushrooms. Now, mushrooms are popping up everywhere. I have seen mushroom supplements, mushroom jerky, pickled mushrooms, hot chocolate with mushrooms, and even coffee made with mushrooms. So before we get into the, into the health benefits, what is a mushroom exactly? Most people consider mushrooms as a vegetable, but the truth is they are actually a fungus. Is that correct, Jeff? That is absolutely correct. Yeah, you know, mushrooms have their own kingdom, and it's the kingdom of fungi, so there's a lot of different organisms in there. And the way I like to um, talk about it is this organism we call a mushroom <coughs> is actually um, a plant part in the sense that it's not a plant, it's, it's a fungus, but it starts from a spore. You know, mushrooms don't have seeds, Nancy, so how do you actually, you know, like if I'm growing them, how do I plant them and how do they propagate? And, well, they, they have spores and those spores basically are floating out into the environment. What is they, a spore? They, what is a spore, Jeff? Sorry to interrupt you. OK, well, well, a spore, you, you can almost look at it as a type of seed that certain organisms have uh, some plants. Well, certainly fungi, that's their reproductive structure is the spore, and just like a plant would have a seed, a, a mushroom will have a spore, and the mushroom itself will generate billions of these spores. And so when those spores get out into our environment, they land on the ground, they land in wood, and the spore, what, it, what happens is it will germinate when conditions are right, into a very, very fine filament, a very thread-like fine filament. And when multiple spores and multiple filaments come together and fuse, they will create a network of these filaments. That, fil that network's called mycelium, and that's the actual body of this organism. So think of, think of that. Mycelium is kind of like the, um, the tree, um, the root structure. This is what is drawing nutrients out of the ground or the wood that it's growing in, which is called its substrate, when conditions are right, which where I live is in the fall, um, the rains come, the temperatures go down a bit, and up pops a mushroom from that vegetative growth that is called mycelium, that network of vegetative growth. And, and up comes the mushroom. The mushroom will go through about a two to three week a period where it goes from a very, very small little tiny button all the way up to where the cap comes up, the cap uh, opens up, 
underneath the cap are gills. On those gills, that's where the spores are created, and so it drops the spores, and now you have a complete life cycle. What's really um, important to understand is that we have three different plant parts, spore, mycelium, and mushroom. Just like, just like, for example, if you look at certain foods or supplements, it's like, okay, an apple, it comes from a tree. That tree also has leaves. Um, these are all what we would call a plant part of that particular organism. Okay, so that's interesting. We, we, and, and, you know, the thing about it is, is look, you know how you're, you're walking along and, and all of a sudden you, you see a mushroom and you go, oh, my God, where'd that come from? It, it wasn't here yesterday. Actually, it was. But the thing is, is you didn't really notice it until it got to be a certain size. And, and you certainly didn't notice what it was growing from because there is no tree or plant above ground that's producing this thing that you walk by every day. No. What's producing it is actually underground or in a piece of wood that you're never seeing that unless if you were to pick that mushroom and look in the ground where you picked it, you would see this white, fuzzy, stringy mycelium, which again is the body of the fungus that is breaking down all of the organic matter out there. Without without those mushrooms and fungi, you know, all of the leaves that fall off the trees every year, all of the dead plants that are, are just basically annuals, all of the wood that comes off of trees, somebody's got to break that down into humus. Otherwise, we would be uh, overwhelmed with all of this organic matter. So that, that's kind of like the role that fungi play okay. uh, in our environment. And one of the beauties of it is while they're doing that, they're also producing this really great food. I read that um, one of our best antibiotics comes from fungi, uh, which is penicillin. Yeah. And, and having access to penicillin helped the British and the United States win World War II, since most soldiers tended to die from infection and the Germans and Japanese didn't have penicillin. Is that fungi from the mushroom family or is that a separate fungi? Well, it's interesting because you're absolutely correct about the benefits and the value of penicillin. Uh, and this kingdom of fungi, um, there's a, a big division in it into two parts. One is called the imperfect fungi, and the other is called the perfect fungi. And the difference is, is that in the perfect fungi division, that mycelium produces a what is called fruiting body which is a mushroom whereas in the imperfect world are you familiar with like mold that gets on of your course bread? yes that is the imperfect fungi they do not produce a, a mushroom they just stay in that vegetative state where they're growing out, and that is just mycelium growing. And with a mold, what's happening is you may not notice it right away because oftentimes, especially with bread molds, they will be whitish, but then when you notice them is when they turn green or black, and that is the spores 
that they are producing. Aha. Uh-huh. If you have people that are talking about, oh, they've got a mold problem, what they're talking about normally is these these fungi are growing in their house and they're producing spores and so they're breathing in the spores and those spores can give you an allergic reaction. So now that we know the difference between fungi and mushrooms, why are mushrooms one of the 2021's biggest wellness trends? Wow. Well, you know, it's so interesting, Nancy, because I I started growing mushrooms commercially on a large scale in 1973. I worked on a very, very large mushroom farm for 10 years, actually, living with mushrooms. And at that time, classical Western nutritionists, they looked at a mushroom and they said, oh, it's got a great taste. You know, the flavor's good. It can be used as a, a garnish or you can put it in different things but it's got no food value. Why did they say that? Well, because mushrooms are low in calories. Can you imagine? So, so basically the nutritionist said no calories equals non-food. So for the longest time in the West, we have been thinking, well, you know, why would we eat a mushroom other than we just want to could add something flavorful to one of the dishes that we're eating. Now we know because we've got a lot more information, nutritional information. Mushrooms are are have a reasonable amount of protein, anywhere from 15 to 35 percent. They're high in carbohydrates, but you know what? Those are good carbohydrates, like mannitol like trehalose. These are carbohydrates that are slow acting. They're not, they're not starches. Mushrooms do not have starches. You know, that, that's what, um, you know, if you're paying attention to the glycemic index, you're of course like going, okay, I have to be very careful about the carbohydrates that I eat because some of them are going to be like a, a, a fire that just all of a sudden goes off. And the next thing you know, it goes out and, and so up, and down, and there goes my blood sugar up, and then it comes back down. No, mushrooms also have a high amount of fiber. So with these carbohydrates and with the fiber, part of which is a beta-glucan also, they are slowly digested. So good carbohydrates, low in fat, uh, great uh, mineral value, high in phosphorus and potassium, uh, good in B vitamins, B1, 2, and 3. They have reasonable amounts of B vitamins. They are really a very, very good food. And boy, for uh, a vegetarian or a vegan, they are a absolutely fantastic food to put into your diet. In fact, you know what? I call them the forgotten food and the missing dietary link. And look, we're just catching up in 2021 and for the last five years, all of a sudden, mushrooms have become noticed. But we're just catching up. The rest of the world has been eating a dozen different cultivated mushrooms. Like in Asia, they have 12 different mushrooms in their market that you can buy at any particular day. So we're just catching up to this really good food. So is uh, there's so many different types of mushrooms. You know, when I go to the grocery store, I'm, you know, looking at 
white mushrooms, cremini mushrooms, and portobello mushrooms. And then there'll be some fancy ones, you know, which you sometimes add to a, you know, a saute. Can, is there one mushroom that's healthier than another mushroom? I mean, is a portobello healthier than a cremini or? Well, let me tell you a little secret here. The portobello, the uh, cremini, those um, white button mushrooms or brown button mushrooms, they are all the same species of mushroom. It's all all the same species. But you know what? That species has uh, different, what we would call different cultivars. So you can get, you can grow a a certain one that is brown, uh, a certain one that is white, off-white, cream, and those big... uh, portobellos, that is just the mushroom that is allowed to mature. Because remember, when you're buying that button mushroom, you're not normally seeing the gills. It is harvested at a very immature stage. And one of the reasons for that is that that gives it a very good shelf life. So you can put it out there in an open box on in the produce section and those mushrooms will stay in pretty good shape for a number of days uh, while they're being sold. Um, if you were to put a, a portobello out there, you know, it's very big. You look at it, it's open. You can see all the gills on those portobellos because it's big, a big cap. You put it out there and it will start to dry out fairly rapidly. So a lot of times those will even be overwrapped in some kind of a plastic or something like that on a tray sometimes they'll be just there for the taking but that is is nothing more than a mature um what i what we can say button mushroom or also its genus is agaricus and that's the primary mushroom that in north america we've been growing for almost a hundred years so do you have to go outside the um, the everyday, I'm going to call it the everyday mushroom, and like, you know, consume lion's mane to get exceptional health benefits? Well, first off, <clears throat> the um, all mushrooms will contain compounds called beta-glucans. And beta-glucans make up 50% of the cell wall of all mushrooms. And certain mushrooms have um, that beta-glucan can have different architectures. And so depending on that particular architecture of the beta-glucan, some mushrooms will be more medicinal than others. Because again, this beta-glucan is the most important medicinal compound that's in the mushrooms. And so the, the agaricus actually has some very nice healthful benefits um, in terms of, you know, the key thing that these beta-glucans do for us is they will potentiate our immunity. And, and, you know, think of them in a way as this food that is giving you these, these types of immunological benefits. And what happens is, those beta-glucans, when we consume the mushroom or whether we supplement with them, they will go through 
uh, our elementary, elementary canal down and they will hit specific receptor sites that we have in our lower intestine. And those receptor sites will then uh, stimulate the production of immune cells. So it's just kind of like the more beta glucans, the better. Well, having a reasonable amount of beta glucans in there absolutely is important. If it doesn't have beta glucans, you're missing out on the true benefits. And getting back to what you're saying too about, okay, which one of these do I want to eat? Well, the ones that you, that are in the market right now that have um, a medicinal uh, functional beta glucan would be, of course, um, shiitake. Have you ever eaten shiitake? Of, of course, yes. Delicious, right? Yeah. Oh man, it's my favorite mushroom. I love shiitake mushrooms, and that one not only is <clears throat> super flavorful. But that one it has got a tremendous body of research behind it about its immunological activities. The other one would be maitake. Do you have maitake in your market? I don't, but I've heard of it. And lion's mane? Yeah, lion's mane um, you hear a lot about in the vegan world. Uh, um, it, it's a, a larger mushroom, correct? Lion's mane is a big Semi-round. Yes. A lot of, um, I see a lot of vegan recipes where they use lion's mane as a um, replacement for barbecue. And so it's like barbecued lion's mane. Lion's mane is delicious. Yeah, I would love to try that. Lion's mane, you know know what's interesting about lion's mane uh, is that it not only has these beta-glucans, but... It also has compounds that stimulate what's called nerve growth factor. I heard that. It's like (laughs) it can grow new neurons in your brain, right? It will stimulate the production of new neurons. It will help with the organization of your neurons. Um, So we produce nerve growth factor. The issue is that as we get older, we will produce less of it. So anything that can stimulate the production of that nerve growth factor is very helpful. And, you know, at a certain point, uh, as we get older, um, our memories are not quite as good. And and so cognitively, um, there can be issues. Uh, So lion's mane, that's why it has become such a popular mushroom out there, because you know, Nancy, everybody can use a little help with their memory, right? <laughs> okay, my next question is, should mushrooms that you consume be certified organic? Well, look, I, I totally believe in certified organic produce generally. I mean, to me, look, you and I both don't want to be eating and consuming chemicals that Nobody's telling us about, and God only knows how many chemicals like that are out there in our food supply. So eating fewer chemicals, to me, just makes perfect sense, whether whether you want to believe in the organic movement or not. But I totally believe in it being very, very important because it's not just the food, but it's poisoning our environment as well. So, so 
I, I'm totally uh, eat organic produce. I, that's what I buy. I pay a little more for it. That's okay. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm willing to spend a little bit more on my health, aren't you? Of course. Oh, yeah. and, well, we we believe here at Ordinary Vegan in consuming the whole plant to reap all the health benefits. What do you think of all these products that contain mushrooms and extracts from mushrooms and they're not using the whole plant? Not, it's not a plant, not using the whole fungi. Well, I guess what I would say is, uh, first off, um, the only product out there where you could actually buy the vegetative body, which we talked about earlier as being the mycelium, you know, it's kind of like the roots. When you say eating the whole plant, no, I, no, I like just eat mean the eating the entire. No, or? I just mean eating the entire mushroom as opposed to, you know, having and, it processed and made into coffee. Got it. I, I got it. You know what? <clears throat> First of all, let me say that I tell people. First off, put mushrooms into your diet. That's the most important thing you can do. If you feel like maybe you'd like to supplement with mushrooms, fine. Do that secondarily. But number one, put them into your diet, the whole mushroom. And, and you know what? The, the important thing to me, too, is that like people do not know how to cook mushrooms properly. How do you, how do you cook uh, mushrooms normally, Nancy? I, I personally just like to sear them with shallots, high heat, and then I mix in a dollop of vegan sour cream. That's my number one favorite way to eat mushrooms and maybe put them over some mashed potatoes. Well, look, you know what? You're doing the right thing with those mushrooms because what happens is that and you probably know this already, too, is you, is you uh, chop up some mushrooms, you throw them in the pan, and then you look at them a little while later, and they're like half the size. Oh, of <laughs> because, course, they shrink so because much. Because they shrunk, right? And you, you, you thought you had a lot in there, but then you're going, oh, my God, I don't have enough in there. So so the, the issue is that people will fry their mushrooms on a low heat, and what happens is all the water comes out of the mushroom, and now they're sitting in a pool of water. And, and then you're wondering why your children are going, ah, oh, this mushroom is so slimy, and I just hate the, you know, the, that texture of it and all of that. And it's like, because it was not cooked properly, you have, when, I, when I do mine, it's the same thing. I like to sear them off on, on each side. First of all, don't cut them too thin. I would say a quarter of an inch. Uh, at the very, um, no less than a quarter of an inch, high heat, sear, brown off both sides. With my mushrooms, I'm browning both sides, and and uh, that's really great for the flavor as well. But I brown them up. I'll cook them a little longer than, uh, than maybe some people would. Uh, but ultimately, when they're cooked properly, they're never slimy or anything. Now, now unless you want to make a gravy, maybe maybe – you don't care, but look, that's really one of the bigger issues about mushrooms is people haven't really been taught on how to cook them. And so, so they end up and people are just like, oh, that, I just don't like the texture. Grilled mushrooms are also very good. Is it, oh, yeah. is it true you can buy everyday mushrooms that are exposed to UV light 
in our high in vitamin D? Because in the vegan community, we talk a lot about vitamin D. Well, good for you. My God, I, I have read so much about vitamin D over the years. And that's one of the really interesting things about mushroom. You know, vitamin D for us as humans, it's cholesterol. When we expose our skin to sunlight, cholesterol actually is a precursor to vitamin D. So that's how we produce our vitamin D. Mushrooms have a sterile called ergosterol. And when mushrooms are exposed to UV light, just like with humans, that ergosterol turns into vitamin D. So absolutely, yes, mushrooms that you see out there these days, there are uh, companies that will be slicing and then exposing their button mushrooms to UV light to raise the level of vitamin D in there. You know. Yeah, but Jeff, how do we know that? I've never seen mushrooms that have a, you know, some kind of uh, that say these mushrooms have been exposed to UV light and a high in vitamin D. I've just never seen that or heard that. That's interesting. What part of the country are you in, Nancy? I'm in uh, California. Well, I, I'm kind of surprised because. One of the biggest mushroom farms in the United States is in um, up in the Bay Area, uh, and they are one of the uh, companies out there that actually do have this process where they're slicing the mushrooms, exposing them to vitamin D. And what they will do is they will put a sticker on that. It's usually uh, a package that has been overwrapped or something. They'll put a sticker on there that says vitamin D enhanced. So that's the only way you know. Wow. And, and, and listen, if you can expose that button mushroom, just the, the whole mushroom to UV light, but remember, it's it's surface area. So you can expose that button mushroom. It's going to raise it a little bit, but not enough to really make a difference. That's why when they do uh, put out these vitamin D enhanced mushrooms, they will slice it so that there is more surface area for that UV to hit to turn that into vitamin D. The last thing I wanted to talk about, Jeff, is that I've read a lot that mushrooms also have a very positive environmental impact. I've read that amadou fungi can double the lifespan of bees. And as we all know, bees are dying off at an enormous rate and 35% of food is directly dependent on bee pollination. Is that true? And um, is there anything else you want to mention about um, the environmental impact of mushrooms? Oh, I I have read that information on uh, bees. And, you know, that is still research that is in its early stages. And we really don't know that that is going to have any actual impact on bee colonies. You know, the big issue with bee colonies is all of the chemical use out there. And until we get rid of that chemical use, it's not really going to to matter so much what we do to try and remediate that because they're still getting exposed to all of these yes. chemicals. So but you sad. know, you know what, what I think is so important is that, look, uh, the one beauty of mushroom cultivation 
is that mushrooms are grown on waste agricultural material. So that that button mushroom in the stores, it's grown on composted straw. All of that straw that we've got out there, what do we do with the mushrooms? Take that agricultural waste and turn it into a high quality food. The mushrooms that we grow are mostly grown on sawdust. So all of the, when they're milling wood, all of that sawdust, what do you do with all that sawdust that, that can add some value? You can grow mushrooms on after, after you've actually grown mushrooms on that composted straw or grown mushrooms on that sawdust. What happens is that it is being broken down further. And so that mushroom compost now gets sold as a fertilizer for gardens, for fields. The same with that sawdust. It can be used in your garden as a soil uh, adjuvant. So <clears throat> that that is really the great benefit from these fungi out there is they're part of this ecosystem that is repurposing all of this organic matter that is dying and falling to the ground every year. It is repurposing that and not just alone, but with bacteria, with uh, other types of fungi, with yeasts, with uh, bugs. They're all breaking that down into humus for the next generation of plants. Uh, it's, it's a really wonderful cycle. Wow. So my very last question is, can you grow mushrooms at home? Like, could the normal everyday person grow mushrooms at home? Oh, you absolutely can. Uh, but those mushrooms will cost you a lot more than what you'll get in the store. Oh, really? Um, why, why is that? Well, uh, because uh, essentially to buy, um, first of all, if you wanted to sort of like do it all at home, you'd have to have a certain amount of equipment. You'd have to put in a little more time and labor into making it happen. And again, you're, the, the key thing with mushroom growing is that mushrooms need a high humidity. So you oh. have to have a chamber where you can keep the humidity high. Otherwise, they will dry out. And the one thing that a mushroom doesn't like is dryness, that they need that moisture to, to grow properly. So normally when people are growing mushrooms at home, they'll grow, they'll grow uh, by a, one of these kits. And you can buy the kit, you bring it home, you put it in a little... A tent, humidity tent, or something like that, and maybe you can grow uh, a pound of mushrooms from from that kit. But <laughs> you've paid twenty five or thirty dollars for the kit. <laughs> okay, that probably wouldn't be worth it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a nice science project, and, and it's wonderful. It's wonderful for your kids because they're like, oh my god, look at these mushrooms, and and you know, there's certain mushrooms, and man, they, they it's just so interesting to watch, but. It is going to be not the most expensive it. mushrooms you've ever bought. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff, so much for joining us. Can you tell people where they can find you and find out about your work? Sure. Uh, my website is namex.com, N-A-M-M-E-X.com. We've got a lot of great educational material there, Nancy, all about mushrooms. Now, Namex is a... Uh, primarily sells to businesses, but we 
also have a line of retail supplements that we only sell on the web, and that's can be found at realmushrooms.com. And again, we have a lot of information there, and I encourage people to go just to learn more about the wonderful world of fungi. <laughs> Thank you again, Jeff. Thank Take you, care. Nancy. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Same here. Thanks so much to Jeff for sharing his knowledge with us today. And before I let you guys leave me, and I know I've mentioned this before, but it's worth mentioning again because no one likes wasting food. When storing mushrooms, select mushrooms with firm whole caps with an even texture. They should be refrigerated until use, but ideally within one week. Do not wash or clean them until just before using. Storing them in a brown paper bag with the top open will help absorb moisture and keep them from spoiling, as opposed to tight plastic wrapping that traps moisture. Because they are 80 to 90% water, mushrooms do not freeze well and become mushy when defrosted. Lastly, I want to mention that mushrooms are one of the best foods to eat for weight loss because they are over 90% water, 4% carbohydrates, 2% protein, and less than 1% fat. A cup of raw mushrooms provide less than 50 calories, and they are an excellent source of fiber. Mushrooms also help to burn fat in the body because their nutrients help to regulate glucose levels in the blood. Well, that's it for today's podcast. You can find all my organic vegan CBD products made from hemp on my website, ordinaryvegan.net. If you have any questions about how CBD may help you, don't hesitate to reach out to me at questions at ordinaryvegan.net. For recipes and inspiration, follow me on Instagram at Ordinary Vegan and join our fun Facebook group and community. Sign up at OrdinaryVegan.net so you don't miss any of Ordinary Vegan's podcasts or recipes. And are you looking for a simple no-fuss recipe book? You can purchase my book, The Easy Five-Ingredient Vegan Cookbook, on my website. If you find these conversations valuable, there are many ways you can support this podcast. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share the podcast with your friends via social media. Thanks to Bragg for sponsoring today's podcast. You can go to Bragg, B-R-A-G-G dot com and use coupon code VEGAN15 for 15% off your first order. As always, thanks for listening and all your support. My number one goal in life is to serve you and help you live a long and healthy life. Please stay safe, healthy, and always follow your bliss. Till next time. Thanks for joining our plant-based community today. Together, we can accomplish great things. Please subscribe so you don't miss any of Ordinary Vegan's recipes and plant-based tips. If you have any questions or feedback, email us at questions at ordinaryvegan.net. Until next time. 